calling out to the Itascacita community, it's time for your Itascacita Library Advanced Copy. Get your notes and news now. Hello, Itascacita community. Welcome to your Advanced Copy. It's August 5th, 2022, and Summer Reading Program ends tomorrow, August 6th. That is the last date to get your reading recorded. Now, you do have time to come in through August 13th to pick up any incentives and to be sure to get those entries into the prizes that are exclusive to Atascacita Branch Library. So, it has been a fabulous summer and we have had some really great programs. It is back to school time for our community and Darla and PJ sat down to share some of their school memories, back to school or just attending school. So let's join Darla and PJ. Hello, I'm Miss Darla. And I'm PJ. And we're going to talk about school memories. Since we're coming back to school, we're going to share our memories with you. So I'll start off with some back to school memories. I must say, I think I've tracked my love of office supplies from back to school sales. I just remember being looking so forward to getting, you know, like a fresh box of crayons and tablets and all these different little things. And we didn't have that much. I mean, compared to kids now, they have like so much they have to get. But I remember just being so excited, and especially since if I took really good care of them during the school year, I would bring them home and get to play with them all summer. So I was like really good with my school supplies because I was like, yeah, I want to bring those crayons home. I felt the same way. That was the best part of going back to school for me was um, shopping the supplies and, you know, trying to get my mom to buy me. It it stayed like the 48 pack, but Mm -hmm. I was like, mom. I like, can I please have the 128 crayon box? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like 48 wasn't going to do it for me. Had had the um, sharpener on the back. and Oh, yes. I mean, and the options. And I just remember like taking my sweet time because even with folders, mm-hmm. back then it was Lisa Frank. Oh, yeah. And so you had to go through all of the folders to find the perfect Lisa Frank folders for mm-hmm. you. I'm sure it annoyed my mom because I'm sure my mom was just like, just pick five random folders. Like, you don't have to be there two hours. But I'm like, I got to get the one with the two dolphins and the heart, mom. Exactly. You have to do something that expresses your personality. Did your generation have trapper keepers? Uh, Yes. Oh, man. Those were just like the bomb was to get the trapper keeper with all the little folders and I mean, I think that's really where like (laughs) my organization skills started Mm -hmm. off. Because I'd had the Trapper Keeper, I had the different color folders, and mm-hmm. one was for social studies, and the other one was for science, and nothing mixed, and yeah, no, I loved it. I also remember, I don't know why, but I'd always try to find like the pencils that had like my name, but it was oh. not like the best I was going to do was Paula. Yeah. It was never going to be Paula, so <laughs> I would just be like, whatever. There was never any Darla's. Not even close. No, but then there was like a million like Marys and you're Mm -hmm. just like, you never have like, my mom one time was like, well, just change the U to a no. And I was like, that's not good enough. (laughs) I 
think one year my sister, there used to be a catalog company called Lily and Vernon. And it was, uh, they would do like personalized stationery and all kinds of really cool stuff. And I think one year, my birthday is in August. So we didn't start school until like, usually either around my birthday or after Labor Day. And so my sister one year, I think for my birthday, ordered from Lily and Vernon some personalized pencils. Oh. And like stationery that had my name and address. And it was like so fancy. It was linen. And I was just, that was, it's like, that's so weird that I got so excited about that. But that was like the coolest thing. And then I was able to bring my pencils. I didn't bring the stationery to school, but I brought the, you know, I had pencils that had my name on them. Okay. Do you also, did you also have like the weird collection of like pencils and erasers and stickers that you never used? Oh, yes. Those, you keep those stickers in mint condition. So recently, mm-hmm. I went back home and my mom was like, hey, I've got something for you, right? Oh. And I was excited. <laughs> it was a whole box of pencils that I was like, I cannot use these pencils because they're special. Oh, yes. They're like scented pencils. And so mm-hmm. now I have them. And strangely enough, I find myself not using them still. Like, I just keep them there. I Like, when I first got them, I'm like, this is so ridiculous, like... The stuff that I would keep, I would use, like, I would never use the stickers, the erasers, you know. And then my mom gives this to me, and I'm like, okay, whatever. I grew out of that phase. Mm -hmm. But I find that I'm not using them. Like, they're nice and pristine, and they're still there. So um, maybe someday. It's part of your childhood, though. And so, and speaking of pencils, this reminded me of a school memory. We used to have a pencil dispenser, and I think it was like a a dime or a quarter or whatever. You could buy a pencil and turn it. Well, they, one year the school thought it'd be really cool to buy NFL pencils. (laughs) And they inadvertently created a trading economy with that because everybody wanted certain pencils. (laughs) And... It became this whole thing of, well, I've got a Dallas Cowboys, which, mind you, this was like the 70s. So I've got the Dallas Cowboys and you've got this and we'll trade two of these for five of these. And it became a whole thing where people were stealing from each other and threatening each other. I mean, it like went from just a trading economy to like full-blown mafia in about a matter of a month. And then they were like, well, we're just going to take the pencils. We're just going to quit selling the pencils. We'll just put plain pencils in there. And then all the kids rioted because they were like, we're not going to pay, uh, you know, a dime or a quarter, whatever it was, just to get some plain pencil. We want, you know. And so it became one of those things. They they created this little monster that they could not control. It was kind of like the Pokemon cards and Pokemon card trading in, a certain, in the 90s. You know, it was one of those things that... I feel like those pencil machines just made monsters out of us because I remember, I mean, talk about like closest thing to gambling, you know, Mm -hmm. I remember like putting a quarter in and being like, oh, I don't like this one. Mom, can I have another quarter? Mm -hmm. And she'd give me another, I don't like this one. Mom, and it was like, oh yeah, keep the quarters coming and my mom would be like, no, after a while. Because I was never satisfied or like you thought you had the cool like, pencil and you're like wow this is such a cool pencil and then your friend goes after you and she gets the like cooler pencil and then you just like feel like all jealous (laughs) let me tell you those 25 cent pencil machines they caused a lot of trouble oh they did they really (laughs) did and i gave out to be a point like i said kids were fighting with each other kids were stealing pencils and there was like a you know there's like black market 
And luckily we did not have any stores or anything nearby when I was a kid. The closest store was like over off Jensen Drive. Otherwise some kid would have like gone and bought pencils on the down low and been like, hey, look, I've got pencils to sell. But it became this whole like little economy. To me, it was like, why are we going to war over pencils? But it did. It became like this huge thing. And when they took them away, then it became an even bigger thing. And they were just like, fine, you know, we're just going to let you go Lord of the Flies over pencils. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good way of putting it. All right. So this is not a back to school memory. So one of my early memories is I want to say I was either in kinder or first grade. I'm not quite sure. But I remember playing, I think it was during lunch. You know, you had lunch and then you had recess. Well, during recess, this little boy came up to me and gave me a kiss in the cheek. And it traumatized me. Traumatized Mm -hmm. me. And at the time, my mom was a PTA volunteer. So it just so happened that as I was going back to the classroom, I like ran into her. And I started like, I guess I was already crying because she had asked me like, what's the matter? And I, I was very dramatic. My mom will tell you that I am still pretty dramatic sometimes, <laughs> but I was very dramatic. And so I'm like crying to her and I'm like, I can't go back to school. I just can't go back to school. I'm tainted, which like tainted, what type of vocabulary is that? You know, I think that like maybe the only reason I had that word in my vocabulary is because of that song, Tainted Love. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it definitely was not a vocabulary word that I was using often. But I was crying and crying and telling my mom I couldn't go back to school. I just couldn't go back to school. I was tainted. And I guess the teacher came up to my mom because she was worried. And the teacher, either the teacher or myself, ended up telling her that a little boy had kissed me in the cheek. And so years passed. And we start talking, my mom and I, we start talking about memories and we bring up that memory. And my mom's like, Bala, you have no idea how much I wanted to like laugh, you know, because I just thought it was Mm -hmm. funny. I was like, I didn't want to laugh in your face because I knew it was affecting you hard. But at the same time, it's one of those things where as an adult, you think like, it's not a big deal. She's just (laughs) making a big deal over nothing. And then my mom was like, just... I was like, you're just so dramatic. And like, I was trying really hard not to laugh because you thought it was the end of the world. And here my mom was like, no, it's not the end of the world. Calm down. One of these days, you're going to look back and you're going to laugh at it. Right. So um, we're talking and I told my mom, yeah, but I don't think you know the whole story behind. And she's like, what do you mean? And I was like, well, what you don't understand is that at the ripe age of kinder or first grade, All I ever saw was Disney movies, right? Mm -hmm. And in Disney movies, the princess got kissed, and then all of a sudden, she had a baby. So in my head, I thought, oh my God, I think I'm pregnant. (laughs) I think I'm going to have a baby because I'm way too young to know how things work. Mm -hmm. So, and I hadn't like expressed my fear to my mom. I just kept it to myself. So my mom was like, oh, Paola, oh, no wonder you kept saying your like life was ending and you were tainted and you thought it was the end of the world. And I was like, yeah, because I 
seriously thought I was going to have a baby because I had seen all these Disney movies. But not only that, I was like, there was added confusion and fear because I had seen in Disney movies that um, the princess and the prince had to kiss in the mouth. And because I got kissed in the cheek, I didn't know if I was half pregnant or whether I was pregnant or I wasn't pregnant. I mean, so my mom afterwards Mm. was like, oh, no wonder. Like, I completely understand why you were so worried. Mm -hmm. But then looking back, my mom's like, she's like, I'm really amazed at your line of thinking. Because she didn't fault me for it. She's like, you're right. At the time, you saw a lot of like cartoons and that. You know, it was a princess and a prince kissing, and then next thing you knew, they had a baby, right? So she's like, wow, I can't, like, believe that that was going in – that was in your head at such a tender age. But, yeah, we still laugh about that because um, I was so confused. Apparently, I just did not see enough Disney movies where there was a stork delivering a baby because I think I would have been better. (laughs) I would have felt better about it. You would have been watching the skies for a stork to fly down. (laughs) And deliver your baby. But that is one of those memories that I remember. You've been listening to Atascacita Library Advanced Coffee. Another memory that I have, I don't know, like this, it might have been a rumor, it might have not been a rumor, but I remember the first day of school, it was in elementary, but I don't know what grade. I remember one of the kids misbehaving really badly. Like, I think he ended up getting, like, throwing a chair. So they sent him to the principal, and then, I don't know if this is true or not, but word got around that he got um, paddled. So I just remember at an early age just being like, all right, you got to behave because if not, you're going to get paddled. Mm -hmm. And the funny thing is, I don't know whether it was true or not, or it could have been just one of those rampant rumors that end up affecting your life. Because let me tell you, it did. Every oh, yeah. time I saw my like principal, I was like, I'd keep my eyes down. And turns out my principal was a really sweet lady. Very nice. But it was only after years after that incident that I le- realized that she was a nice person. Mm-hmm. She called me once into her office and I thought, oh, oh no, <laughs> what did I do? I was like oh. panicking. I was like, I don't remember doing anything. <laughs> I might have talked when I was talking to you, like while my teacher was talking, but surely that's not enough, right? And we were just panicking and uh, she's like, hey, just want to let you know that you got picked to be the student of the week. Oh. And I was like, uh, um, is that it? <laughs> okay, uh, thanks. Like I said, I don't know whether it's true or not. It could have been a rumor, but let me tell you, that was a very effective rumor because for the rest of the year, everybody was like, you got to behave or you're going to get taken to the principal. Well, and I think what's funny is it affects students who wouldn't possibly ever get paddled. I remember thinking, oh, the least little thing and I'll get sent to the office and that. Whereas the kids that were getting that punishment were, like you said, throwing chairs and setting fires and doing stuff. And but I was like, oh, no, what if I what if I talk during quiet time? I'm, it's like they would never do that. And, you know, a, a principal would never do that. But it was one of the things is the people it affects are the people that overthink things and start thinking, oh, no, what if I do this? What if I do that? 
And so it was one of those things. But yeah, I remember. And oh, the one time I was actually accused of something, which I was actually accused of cheating in sixth grade. Oh, no. And I had bangs and I had a tendency to put my head down and put my hand on my bangs, which kind of looks like I'm shielding my eyes. And we were taking, uh, I had a biology teacher and he did not realize that I am, you know, I wear glasses. I can't see very well to my left or my right, but I put my head down, kind of flip, I would flip my bangs up. And during a test, I put, kind of put my head down looking at the paper and he called me up and he, I had to take my paper up and he put a zero and said, you need to go to the principal's office. And I was like, what? So I'm sitting in the office, sitting outside the office and everybody that walks by is like, what is she doing in there? What? And they'd ask me and I'm like, because I was crying. And so they called my mom. And of course my mom is a very nice, calm person, except when you mess with her children. And she wasn't, she still was calm, but she was like, give her the test now. There's no way she was doing it. And I showed her what I was doing. She's like, she does that all the time. Well, I and was going to say, that seems like just a pose that most people do randomly. Yeah. And I know I've done it too when it's like, when I really want to focus in on a test, yeah. I will do that because it helps to cover your sight when it comes to everything else. Yeah. Like it really allows you to focus more in or on the test. And anybody that has glasses know if you look, you know, you usually see the side of your glasses. But really and truly, I can't, see, you know, if I was looking at a paper on the other side, there was no way I could have read her answers. There's no way I could have read it. And so I was like so upset for the day. My mom was like, eventually they came to the conclusion that I hadn't done it. And the teacher apologized to my mom. And I was, I went home for the rest of the day because I was hysterical because I was like, I can't believe. And he'd seen me in class. So he'd seen me that when we were working on worksheets, I would put my hand over my head and do that. So I don't know why suddenly he thought I was cheating. And I went and took the test the next day. And I didn't study because I was just upset. I went to bed, took the test the next day, made a higher score than the person that was on my right who thought I thought I was cheating off of. And I'm sure it must have felt awkward to have to walk in there the next day. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody, everybody kind of knew that I hadn't because people were like, I knew you wouldn't do that. And even the person I was supposed to be cheating off was like, I can't believe he said that because she was kind of turned. You know how you sit? And she was kind of, she was right hand. So she was kind of turned, you know, writing on her paper. It would have taken, you know, supernatural vision to look over there and see her paper. But that reminds me, to this day, I still have a habit where I write extremely small. And sometimes for the most part, I try not to, but there are times where I write really itty bitty. And that comes out of the fact that people would try to cheat off of me. Oh. People would cheat, try to cheat off of me. And so I would purposefully, I was like, I would hunch my body. I would like put my like arms around oh. the paper. I would write itty bitty to make it harder on people. Because I knew one of my guy friends was like, man, I tried to cheat off of you, but I just couldn't. <laughs> no, I'm like, wait, I what? want you to. I was like, wait, you're admitting this to me? He's like, I tried cheating off of you, but it was so hard, Bala, because you write so small. And he literally <laughs> was offended by the fact that like I wrote so small. And I'm like, yeah, 
I write really small so people won't cheat off me. And he seemed a little offended that, like, I would have the audacity to protect uh, my uh, work from being cheated on. But yeah, to this day, um, if you ever notice that I write really small, I try to I try to cut back on doing that because I know it's really hard for people to read. But yeah, every once in a while, if you see my tiny handwriting, it started in, I want to say it started in middle school. And that was just a mechanism to make it harder for people to like cheat off me. Well, I had really good handwriting in school until I, my, my freshman year. I was recruited to join the debate team by my American history teacher. She was like, you need to be on debate. And I don't know why she thought I needed to be, but I was for four years. But you have to take notes so quickly. And you have to write things down because as people are speaking, you've got to take your notes so that you, you know, know what to go back to and, you know, briefs to pull and all this this stuff like that. And so I had like really good handwriting until then. And I got used to taking notes so fast so that I could also that I could read them and other people like yours, other people couldn't read them (laughs) because the people from the other team might be able to see what you're taking down. And so it was one of those things that I would do things like the word and I never write the word and unless I want someone else to read it because I just use why because Spanish and Mm. is why. And so, and it was a really good shortcut and I didn't know anything like, you know, uh, if you learn short, I didn't learn shorthand or anything like that. So, you know, I learned these shortcuts that I would understand and possibly other people wouldn't because of debate and I'm still recovering from that. I was like, I've started, I've start restarted journaling about a year or two ago. And so I have like take my time and try to write slowly because I could see where it took a toll on my handwriting because you have to, you have to move fast. I remember doing that for college because mm-hmm. you'd have your oh, yeah. hour and a half, two hour classes And for me, it was history classes. So he's just talking about history and you're just hoping Mm. your hand doesn't come off. Yeah. And also, you know, with college, I realized really quickly you cannot like do word for word. Oh, no. No, you have to you have to find the salient points and pull them out. Anytime you said something like four, I just wrote the letter. I mean, the number four and was the um, symbol. And that is a good tip for people going into school. Find ways you can take notes that you can have shorthand, you know, shortcuts so that you don't have to sit down and write out every word because that becomes one of those things, especially if you have a teacher that moves fast, you're not going to get it. I think seriously, that's why sometimes like, you know, um, I'm not so big on like grammar and stuff because I'm just like, especially when it comes to like text messages Mm-hmm. I have a tendency to write really fast, and so I don't always, like, correct myself or don't, like, use proper grammar. That's just a college thing. That's just, uh, you know, well, get it out there. If you get your message across, I, I've always thought it was – here's another school memory of mine. A young man I dated for a while, and he loved to correct anyone's English, anyone's pronunciation, anyone's – he loved doing that. And I always think, you know, if I understand what you're saying, I'm not going to go back. And correct a pr- your pronunciation. If I understand what you're saying, I'm not going to do that. I always thought that was just kind of rude. But what was so funny is he was the king of doing that. And one day we were going somewhere and he said, well, that's just the epitome of 
And I said, oh, excuse me, sir. What did you say? And he repeated it. And I said, you mean epitome? (laughs) And normally, like I said, normally I would not correct anyone. I understood what he was saying. But after having been corrected, seeing him correct people multiple times, I felt that it was due and had to had to say this. And he was part of our friends group, so it was, did not damage him permanently. But yeah, everybody in our friends group just roasted him for that. Well, there's a way to correct. I mean, I know that when I'm doing lit chat with Bonnie, I don't necessarily always say things correctly, partly because we're doing it in the morning and my brain's just not mm-hmm. functioning well in the morning. But also, it's not my fr- English is not my first language. Mm-hmm. It's actually Spanish. And so for me, sometimes, and honestly, let's just face it, English is hard. Oh, yeah. For people who think that Spanish is hard, it is not. English is hard. Why you have to have a L in salmon yes. and you're not going to pronounce it, that's my little one-minute venting on English. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with Bonnie, it's like I appreciate her correcting me because you also – You want to, for me, I want to make sure that I'm saying things correctly, but there's always a way to do it. There's a kind way of doing it. And I think the way he was doing it was more of making fun of the situation. All right. With that, we, I think we should end because, you know, we could go hours and hours talking about our back to school memories. If you guys have any that you want to share on our social media, we'd love to hear them. Just a couple of notes before we leave. So SRP is still happening. It ends August the 6th. So you still have time. If you haven't quite finished, you still have time to get in those points and get your prizes. Remember, it's not just for children. It's for everybody. And you are not limited to what you read. Also, Darla, anything else that you'd like to add? August, you can beat the back-to-school blues. Check our calendar. We have a special program for that, and we have all our regular monthly programs for teens also. Yeah, so we'd love to see you guys in the library. Until then, I'm PJ. And I'm Darla. Bye, guys. Bye. Be sure to check out the comptroller.texas.gov on sales tax holiday. It is this weekend, August 5th through the 7th. There is tax-free purchases on back-to-school items. Now, there is a full list there at the comptroller.texas.gov, but generally things that are meant for school, school supplies, the clothing, footwear, backpacks. Make sure you check out that list. You do not need to have a tax exemption form unless it's a business purchase. The sales tax exemption holiday applies to only qualifying items bought paid for during the sales tax holiday and it includes online purchases be sure to check that out that's august 5th through 7th this weekend to get you ready for back to school another part of getting back to school for a lot of our teens it is time to start finding places to volunteer there are a lot of associations that requires some volunteering and we do have a volunteer program at the library it is run by semesters it is a semester long volunteer commitment so teens ages 13 through 18 spend two hours each week 
shelving materials, preparing simple crafts, and doing other assorted tasks throughout the session. So to qualify, teens must be able to file alphabetically, work independently, and follow written and verbal instructions with a minimum of direction. Volunteers will need to be capable of bending, stooping, stretching, and lifting boxes weighing up to 20 pounds, and pushing fully loaded book carts weighing up to about 40 pounds. All candidates are required to complete the volunteer application found at the Atascocita Branch Library, and those applications become available at the library Monday, August 8th. Then you need to attend a mandatory orientation. So some important dates is Saturday, September 10th. Applications are due. Late applications are not accepted. It is a really popular program with very limited space、uh, to get everyone to get those two hours per week in. Now, Saturday, September seventeenth at eleven a.m. is the mandatory orientation. Then our volunteer program for the fall session runs from September nineteenth through December ninth. If you have any questions, please email atavolunteers at gmail dot com, or give us a call eight three two nine two seven five five six zero. Readers ages eight. Through twelve, don't miss out on the book habit. Now, this is going to be a reschedule of June's book discussion of *The Crown Heist* by Darren Hicks. Unfortunately, back in June, we had a little problem with water, and we had to close down the building. But we are not going to let our readers down. So, be sure to register again, even if you already read the book for the June book discussion. Register for the August twenty-second Monday at. Four o'clock p.m. for the program of the book habit, and again they're going to be reading *The Crown Heist* by Darren Hicks, and there's going to be a fun activity relating to the book, and of course enjoy a little snack. You can register for events at our website. That's hcpl.net/events. And you are able to narrow down the events to the branch you are interested in on the left-hand side. So, an update on the meeting room. We have lights. Yes, the meeting room has lights. So does the AV room on the inside. We're getting that step closer, inching along. So, hopefully, in the next couple of weeks, we will start seeing some painting done, flooring done. This is all going to happen. As soon as we can get a little more control or a little more expectation of the weather, we can't have super super hot room out there for the meeting room and try to paint and tile. It would just not work out. So we will keep you informed every step of the way on the improvements to your Atascocita Branch Library. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Advanced Copy. We hope you enjoyed sharing into some school memories. If you have a great, fun school memory, or perhaps just something that you'd like to share about your school days, be sure to comment and like and subscribe the podcast. We love staying in touch with you and you getting to know us a little bit better and how the library serves our community. Have a great day. You've been listening to a Tascacita Library Advanced Copy. Find information on media used and resources mentioned on our podcast webpage. 
This podcast is produced by the staff of Atascacita Branch Library, a part of the Harris County Public Library System. Funds for the podcast are provided by a grant from Best Buy through the Friends of Atascacita Library. Find out more about this 501c3 organization at foal.ws. That's F-O-A-L dot W-S.